0: welcome to the crack house podcast my name is michael sullivan as always joining me my man chris musky muscolino what's up dude
1: big mike alec baldwin stop playing games with my heart Uh, my heart what's up guys
0: stop playing games with my gun
1: (laughs) dude you're did you watch it i I watched it man dude he's insane this guy He's absolutely insane. Like, look, dude, you know more much much more about guns than I do. And basically what I, what I took from it was he he said he didn't <laughs> he didn't pull the trigger, man. I mean, dude, I mean, from what I read about guns and again, you educate me, Mike, you know? You tell me if I'm off on this. What I read was and, and from what I got from the interview, it's a single action gun. It's like one of those old guns that the only way it could have gone off is by someone literally pulling the trigger. Yeah. You know, and basically what he was saying was just so off base and it just gone from like it went from him being apologetic to it to it was someone else's fault. Then it was the the guy, you know, someone, you know, put the bullet in there and it was negligence on the gunnery person. Uh, it just it, could, it was so warped out, man, you know, just so warped out and just like, you know, I don't like the guy to begin with. You know, I like his movies. I think we talked about this, but uh, I watched that last night and just like, you know, I, I have some empathy for the people, you know, whose kids, you know, for whose person, you know, for wife or mother died, you know, just take some ownership about it. Look, I, I get what he's yeah. trying to do. He's trying he, to protect himself, you know, but.
0: Yeah, it seems like I, I think the thing was he was like the uh, he's one of the producers of the movie. Yeah.
1: Like he's got he's a- on the hook.
0: Yeah, he's on. I mean, he's the guy with the gun. Listen. If he dropped the gun and the gun went off, that's one thing. And that's a very rare case right. of, of things like that happening. But if, if like the, the hammer on the gun was cocked all the way back.
1: Yes, yes, when, yes, yes. When the
0: gun is like that, it takes like two, usually like very, like two pounds of finger pressure for the gun to go off. So and that's he he, cl- he, right. yeah, he, 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 he might have just been like, had the gun in his hand with the hammer cocked back. And if he just put his finger on, like, I mean, two pounds of pressure is like that. It's nothing. It's going to make the gun go off. And that, that might have what happened. Uh, that that could have happened as well. I mean, I don't want a Monday morning quarterback because no one really knows what happened. Right, right. And the crazy thing is, there's actually footage of, uh, footage of, of what happened because they were filming a scene
1: for a movie. Oh, that's even. And I'm sure that's going to get, you know, played yeah, in that, court yeah. and everything. Sure, sure. I mean, but- listen, he. It, it was like one of those interviews, like if you really watched it and I did, um, it just seemed so insincere, you know, if. Oh, yeah, he definitely I saw I saw one video where he went after like one of the paparazzi guys.
0: Like he was away. In, <laughs> I think he was up. Where'd he go? Like New Hampshire or whatever to hide for a little while. And he just went like, who are you? Why are you following me? Why are you following my family? Like, leave me alone. And,
1: and listen, I agree with him there. You know, look, you know, they they, they go too far with that stuff, too. You know, I mean, I agree with him there, you know. I mean, there comes a point in time where you're trying to get the story and then you're harassing people, you know. I, I get, Listen, I get they're famous. I, I understand it's your job and stuff. But, um, you know, th- there should be a line. There should be a line. I had more of an issue with the the whole I didn't pull a trigger and it seemed so un- unapologetic and, like, for the same amount of, you know, I guess – you know, vitriol that people went after the kid. You know, in in Wisconsin for the fake tears. You know, I just like to see again. You know, the same kind of levity. You know, being leveled at this guy. Oh, and, yeah. uh, yeah, look. I mean, on some level, I think how you lean politically, you know, kind of views, you know, or skews your your viewpoint of the guy, just like you know, the kid in Wisconsin. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, a young young woman. I mean, she was ten years younger than us. From for the most part, is dead. She was a mother, a wife. Man. Terrible, just, you know, just I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, listen,
0: what happened, you know, is terrible. It's tragic. But like you said, he's he's got to own up. And I mean, everything's going to come out like uh, I don't think I don't think he gets charged criminally with it. I don't think there's going to be. It, I think it, he's going to
1: be on the hook because he's a, he's a producer of the movie. I, like you yeah, said, Mike,
0: it's, it's, it's going to be there's going to be a payout in that uh, sense. But like criminally, I don't think he's going to jail or anything. It's just going to be big. Payouts. No, 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 no. I don't big think he's going to jail to the family and uh, stuff like that. And yeah, like, like you said, man, the guy comes off as very instant. He's always come off as this callous, abrasive person. Right and now. And now he wants people to feel sorry for him. And, you know, uh, no.
1: And look, I, I don't I don't mind his personality. I just think he's a goddamn hypocrite because here you are. You're coming off as that personality. And politically, you know, you're going after people with a similar personality as you. You know, I mean, listen, for all intents and purposes, he mimicked the guy on Saturday night Live because he looked like him to an extent. And personality-wise, I think he matched it, you know, as well. You know, um, I don't know, man. I, I Maybe if I leaned a different way politically, I'd view it a little bit differently. Maybe have a little bit more sympathy towards him. But, you know, watching that stuff last night, the stuff with the gun and what he was trying to explain, you know... Yeah, he's
0: trying like, to right now is just circle the wagons, <laughs> circle the wagons, and do damage control. Dude, it
1: goes beyond circling the wagons. Like he's saying, like, look, I didn't pull the trigger. It's like, okay, who yeah, did it? Uh, Casper, the friendly ghost? No, you I
0: mean, know, I mean, right now, right now, he's trying to distance himself as much as he can
1: from the. It's like me pushing thing. you off a building, Mike, and saying, "Oh, I don't know how Mike fell. You know, I don't know. Maybe he tripped. Uh, maybe he fell off. You know, maybe he slipped." No, yeah. you. There's footage of you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's the whole thing. Like I said, when it comes out, they, they're they going to see all this this footage from the movie and then he's going to be on the hook.
1: <laughs> Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. And you know, like I said, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. My whole deal is. Why were you pointing the gun? I mean, I mean, unless it was like specifically set in the in the. Um, well, I mean, it's set in set the scene for, or I mean, like if you were
0: like you said, it's it's got to be the way they set up the scene, the way they're shooting the scene. You know, I I watched some documentary about like silent movies and back then they didn't have blanks to put in guns. They actually used live rounds and the way that they would just make sure to shoot it away from people. But they had to use live rounds because they had nothing. There was no, you know, obviously no CGI or anything like that. Right, right. They had to use live rounds. I I think the movie was it the movie, The Great Train Robbery, which is like a great silent film. They actually used. they said live rounds are used in, in, in some of the scenes or most of the scenes where they're shooting guns. So that's I mean, but while a
1: live round is on set? Like all this stuff will come out. It's going to come uh, out
0: eventually down. The and way, I, and
1: so. listen, I just think there was gross negligence on a lot of parts. And look, ultimately, whatever he's claiming, whether you pulled the trigger or not, he's on the hook, man. It was his movie. He was the producer. He hired the gunnery person. You know, just at the very worst for him, it's gross negligence. Do I think he's going to jail or anything? No. But, you yeah. know, I just I hate people who just like insult people's general intelligence, you know, about stuff. I mean, just own it up. You know, I mean, look, I'm sorry. And I guess on some level, listen, I, I he's on public TV. He's on an interview. He's trying to to the best of his ability. He's trying to be contrite and stuff. And I guess he doesn't want to incriminate himself, you know, also, you know, by saying something.
0: Well, Yeah, obviously. I mean. Listen, anytime you see a celebrity go on TV when they're involved in something involving like they're getting sued or, you know, arrested or whatever, they sat down with a public relations person and probably like a team of lawyers telling them, you can't say this and you can't say that. Right. Is, when you're asked this question, this is how you will respond because any other way you will open yourself to uh, liabilities. So I'm, I'm sure he said Alec Baldwin's worth a lot of money. sure he's got a lot of lawyers. I'm sure they sat down with him, and I'm sure they told him, "Listen, this is what you're going to say." And he went with this. Well, what if I say this? What if I say I didn't pull the trigger? All right, keep saying you're denying what you did, or denying what happened, or denying uh, any culpability in the situation. Just keep doing that. So, like, Mm -hmm. like like I said, man, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens on the road with this guy, and you know, we we've already beaten a dead horse. No pun intended. So. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of another guy, Chris Cuomo.
1: Oh, Chris is in trouble. He's
0: gone. He's gone for a while. Suspended
1: indefinitely. Indefinitely. Indubitably. Another hypocritical guy. Just a very unlikable guy. Another guy that, and I should, uh, listen, just like the last fella. You know, if you lean a little bit left politically, you may not think there's anything wrong with Chris. You may think he's a great guy. If you lean a little bit right of me and, you know, uh, you're probably you know loving it. You love him, the fact that he's getting reprimanded. That and listen, in all fairness to him, I'll take the other side of it for a second. You know, he kind of gave his brother inside knowledge, or I guess he coached him. You know, in terms of going after the victims and stuff, which is is really bad. But I think you said it once before, Mike. You know, in terms of like, um, I think with the Brian Laundry case, you know, when it comes to family, you know, family comes first for a lot of people, myself yeah, included. I, so I,
0: I don't. I'm. I'm kind of like on on his side on that. Like, he's Yeah. Kind of, he's I'm to not going to kill him for that. Yeah, I'm not killing him for protecting your brother. You know, he used all of his power or whatever you want to claim of what power is, but he used all his resources in the, the news industry. To right. What was going on? That's what he did. Basically, he put his feelers out to like, what do you got on my brother? And then
1: and he coached him on, on going after the victims, he too. Coached he coached him
0: he, on what to say, yeah, yeah, how to say after the victims, what, what information did you have? On, he, his big thing, I think, was trying to gather as much intel as he could right. on what they had on his brother. And then he had all these researchers supposedly doing
1: deep dives on all these accusers. Right, right, right. Let's see what we could pull And try up. to scrum them up and try to devalue yeah. them and stuff. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, like I said, I, I'm not going to hate on him for trying to help his brother because we would all do the same thing unless you hate your brother which I
1: don't think he does. <laughs> right, right. No, you're absolutely correct, Mike. You know, so I'm not going to kill him. The big question is does he come back cuz I believe it's not it's an indefe- it's an indefinite suspension, but that said, I believe there's rumors of him coming back in January.
0: I could see it. I I could see them. All right, listen, you you're, you're going to be gone for a while. Uh, here's a prepared statement of what you're going to say when you come back. And you know, you you were a naughty boy, don't do it again. He, <laughs> has, a, he has a show they said on um satellite radio on Sirius, right? He, ke- he kept that show. He's still doing that show. I guess it has nothing to do with CNN. So he's still doing that show. Um, but like you said, the guy always comes, he comes off as a very cocky douche. But right, you know, like I said, I won't fault him for what he did for his brother, but he 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 always has that. I know everything attitude, Whenever you, I've watched his show. Uh, I I really am not a big fan. He's very quick to jump on something and just jump to a conclusion on something. So.
1: Look, when you're opinionated, no matter where you lean. Yeah, it's not. It can come back to haunt you, you know, because the reality of it is, look, I'm very opinionated. You know, people can point to stuff that I say. And, well, you know, you're a douche for saying this or, you know, whatever, just in general. But, um. You know, there were a few times last year at the beginning of the pandemic where this guy really, he put himself out there. You know, he's hes going to after, to, I just remember there was a scene out, out in Suffolk County where he, he had gotten COVID. He's out and about, this is like in the beginning of COVID, and he's out in the east end of Long Island. And he's walking around without a mask. And I guess somebody pulled up to him, you know, in a car you know, or on a motorcycle, whatever it was. And he got into a verbal altercation with the guy because the guy said something to the effect of, you know, put your mask on. And he, and he. He called this guy all sorts of names in the press, and this and that. And I'll kick the shit out of him. Yeah, big tough guy. I get it. And um, you know, meanwhile, he's running around with COVID. It's like you know, here you are preaching masks and all this other stuff, and uh, you know, it's just uh, hypocritical of what 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 his actions were. And yeah,
0: uh, yeah I've never been a, a huge fan of this guy. Like you said, he is. He's very hypocritical. He he go he goes off a lot on like privilege and everything like that. And you know your father was the governor of this state your brother is the governor was the grub, governor of this state you've gotten everything you've gotten in your life because of your last name like you're the epitome of privilege right when it comes to someone like that and, and, and that always uh, kills and, me mike you that, know uh, that's what gets me yeah. with a guy like him
1: yeah i agree with that you know listen I, I i have friends hispanic friends i have black friends i get i get the viewpoint you know of, of white privilege i really do but when it comes from like white people in general, you know, accusing of it or making points of it. Look, I can understand it, but you know, look, I won't name names, but you know, I've had encounters with very powerful people who happen to be white and talk about, it. and I'm like, like you said, it's like, where are you coming from, man? And who are you to judge me? You know, look, I understand it may exist out there, but you know, don't lump me in. I mean, me and you are completely different. You know, like you I mentioned mean, a couple of times, right. You know, we, we come from modest means, you know, lower to middle-class backgrounds you know, did I get a couple breaks here and there? I don't know. Uh, I, I sure the hell didn't, you know, feel like I did right, you know, in terms right. of getting Le- into
0: schools and stuff. And Well, let me ask you this question
1: then. I know my
0: answer to this is no, and I'm pretty sure your answer to this is no. Um, Are there any bridges in New York State named after Bob Muscolino? No. No? <laughs> no. Yeah, because there's none named right. after Michael right. Sullivan. So, yeah. uh, okay. You know, you know I, uh, This guy has gotten, every. I mean, he used to be a local, I think he was a local Channel 7 guy for a little while, where he started out. He started out in New York. He's our age. I mean, today's show, and then, you know, just went up the ladder. But I mean, yeah,
1: he's gotten everything.
0: Oh, no, he was a 2020, he was on 2020 for for a
1: long time, too.
0: But let's face
1: it. I'll be completely honest with you, Mike. I don't watch CNN at all. I mean I'm sure there are people like on the opposite end. I, 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 I do. It's it, it's fun to if you want to get
0: or if you want to get your blood pressure up and you want to get like a little like Are you Are you kidding me? You you I I'll turn it on. But I will turn it on. I see if they have a good
1: opposing view. Sometimes they don't.
0: And I mean I think, I'm sure like people I'll on the left like look at Fox, minutes. you
1: know, and stuff. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't turn on Fox very often anymore either, but You know, I I can tell you that there are people on the left of me, you know, that I'm friends, family members, that they'll say the same thing I'm saying about CNN, where they just won't turn Fox on because it's abhorrent to them. You know, and, you know, we beat this to death, you know, throughout the, you know, throughout the year, you know, in terms of, you know, politics and partisanship. But just goes to show you how polarized people are. It's just kind of to the point where the opposite point of view or like people just tune it out. You know, they just won't turn it on because it's so unpalatable to them, you know?
0: Well, the one... uh I, there's a guy, Ryan Long, who makes like funny videos and things like that. And he came out with a really like ground, not groundbreaking, but what he said about the news right now. Now, this guy's Canadian. Right. And he calls the news now. He goes, they're not like news reporters. He goes, they should just be called content creators.
1: Yeah, that, I would agree with they, that. That's what they Yeah, do. I'll buy that. Because it's your,
0: you know, whatever network you're working for, you're just pushing that opinion and that agenda, you know, or there, there's no, I mean, are there really any
1: liberals that work on Fox? I don't think Alan Coleman uh, years ago, but the guy think- who the guy who did the debates last year for Fox, I think he's pretty, pretty left. Um, he kind of gave Trump a hard time during the debate. He's a guy that's leftist leaning and they, they look, I, I don't watch that show anymore. I, I don't turn Fox on because there's some guys on there that turn my stomach as well. You know, it just. You know, I go back to John Cusack's Twitter profile for for a second. You know, I think they're all shitsters, you know, or yeah,
0: that's according right. to
1: him, ap- uh, apocalyptic shitster. I think that's what John Cusack's biography reads, and I think that really categorizes the press to an, you know, to a very high level on both sides. But whatever, whatever. You know, we'll see if he comes back. Um, I agree with you. I think if it was my brother, you know, I probably would have done the yeah, same.
0: you know I'm not gonna hold his feet to the fire on that.
1: He's gonna get, it's like anything you're gonna use your power to to save your family, and that's what he did. Let's talk so a little I'll bit go. about more of some upbeat stuff instead of this political crap. I know some of you guys yeah. probably watch this and get it uh, get uh, ticked off at us you know at me in particular. but um how about if Emma's is watching the show back from the Mac? My shirt, the Beatles get back documentary. Have you checked it out?
0: I watched about half of the first episode. I will say this. You got to be a really big Beatles fan to be into this. Yeah. <laughs> um, my cousin, John, is a huge Beatles fan. I'm sure he must. He's probably eating this up watching this because I, I remember as a kid, this guy had Beatles everything in his. house. Right, right. So. Um, I I watched it. It's it's very it's tough. It's a it's a long watch. It's a and long it's a, watch, and it's yeah. t- every. Ep- I mean, the three episodes are done. Well, th- whatever three episodes they release, they're all like two and a half hours long. They're almost three hours. I think yeah. there's nine hours of it. I thought it was gonna be like an hour, hour. No, hour. no. And no, when no, I no, turned no. it on like two days ago, I couldn't. I was like, well, I think I might get through one of these and you are just watching it It, it, it's it is interesting to see how like 50 years ago how music was made
1: it's still done that way mike but
0: i i I mean not to
1: that level but the technology is different
0: yeah like with everything in front of you right now you you could probably bang out an album in an hour or whatever or here's the thing thing that weirded me out and, and and it just goes off for a minute I've noticed this now on shows and it, and it breaks my brain whenever I see it. You know, like the warning they put in front of a show like this is going to have violence or right. nudity or whatever. Do you really have to put in that they're smoking? <laughs> Do I care that they're smoking
1: cigarettes? <laughs> I was watching that and, and it's
0: like this has adult it's said adult content, adult language and smoking. I don't care that like most God people don't like that John Lennon is having a cigarette? Who gives a who, who cares? Who cares about that? <laughs> I did notice this though in the first episode. You saw a lot of like Yoko lurking all over path. the place. I, I, I wonder if like they if what's his face? This is Pete Jackson, right? That did this. This is a Pete Lord Jackson
1: of, like, who took 90 hours worth of un, yeah, unseen footage. Yeah. And he and he basically took the uh, the part of it and he and he edited it. In some parts, the voice doesn't match the video. So like yeah, you watch some yeah. of these videos, so he had a go through it meticulously um yeah he said there's think, gonna be
0: a lot of like pictures too like they just might be still pictures with voiceovers or whatever or just right and moshing everything
1: together and here's what i'll agree with you i think that it was long i mean i'll be honest with you i'm i'm almost through the last episode and it took me at least two sittings at night because i put it on before i go to bed and i gotta be honest with you i dozed off about halfway in each episode so I had to go back and pick up where I left off the next night.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. you got to be like a, a hardcore because they're just like in there talking about, and you got to be into like really into music too. And
1: dude, I've got the subtitles on, you know, so like yeah. I can even understand them because they have really heavy yeah, British yeah, accents, favorite. you know, so. But I'll tell you what, there are a couple takeaways I took. Number one, McCartney and Lennon just, I mean, they're all geniuses, man. Like the way they were creating music, like they show you from soup to nuts how we – how he created get back and how he created songs like from, from scratch, you know, they're sitting around, you know, they got their instruments and McCartney just starts vocalizing and all of a sudden, poof, he's spitting out like, like he's almost, you know, talking in tongues, you know, and all of a sudden this song comes out. It's amazing, man. You know, I've never really watched a song being, the closest I could have said was when I watched the Eagles documentary and the Eagles were talking about how Joe Jackson lived downstairs and they wanted to strangle him because he kept on playing this the same piano version of the song over and over again. And they wanted to strangle him because it was like 7.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. But it was all repetition. And what they said is, that's how you create music. It's all repetition. It's all messing around with stuff. Yeah. And um, that was the first part I took. The second part was, I thought it portrayed Yoko Ono actually in a decent light. Because, look, as a, I'm not a hardcore Beatle fan, but I, I love the band. Outside the Stones and maybe the Clash, they're right up there with me. And I fluctuate, you know, during, you know, different times of my life. That said, I've always hung my hat on that Yoko broke up the band. So she's there. She's there. You see her. She's kind of lurking over John. John seems very much more like uh, he's not so sour. You know, he's much more happier, you know, at least from what I can see in, 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 in the footage. But I didn't realize like the backdrop with George Harrison. So George Harrison, you know, the un- underappreciated Beatle. They kind of had a falling out with him. I guess McCartney was kind of bossing them around and dictating on how to make the music, and he got kind of pissed off, and he walked out. And they're like on a time schedule because it's almost at the end of the Beatles. This is 1969, yeah, yeah, January, yeah, yeah. and their last live show was the rooftop. The rooftop, you know, in, in 1969, and they've got like 30 days to you know kind of get their stuff together. And I guess at the middle of it, you know, in the first seven days. They have a big falling out with George Harrison and he walks out. So to me, the takeaway that I got was it wasn't all Yoko Ono. It was like being around a friend or a family member for an extended period of time and getting sick of them or getting to the point where, you know, absence makes the, the, you know, the heart grow fonder, that kind of thing. And, you know, looking at that, I really didn't. I have a new I have a new viewpoint on, on, on Yoko. I don't think it was solely her fault.
0: All right. You might know this better than me. Um, was this also the same time that Eric Clapton was stealing his wife?
1: That was in '74. Oh, okay. So '73, '74. So all right, so that, five years, four five, five years, years afterwards, and that was with Harrison, who was a very good friend of Clapton.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, Eric Clapton stole George Harrison's wife.
1: Which I read the biography. Of, if you know, for if you're a music fan, check out Eric Clapton's uh, biography. Good friend of mine, Mike, uh, from from my my job, to put me onto it years ago. Read it from. Read it like in two days. And that's an interesting story in itself, but basically the story goes like Harrison tells Clapton, he goes, dude, I'm into your wife. And I guess like they were partying and Clapton just left him alone with his wife, like hours on end. And Harrison, he goes, he almost thought like how Clapton was setting him up. You know, like uh, you know, in the sense, you know, Clapton almost thought that George was setting him up. He goes, "I told this guy I got the hots for his wife." He goes, "Why the hell is he leaving me alone with her for like hours on end?" And uh, you know, sure enough, I guess he got divorced. And then after he got divorced, he got together with um, Oh, okay, okay. with, with Harrison's wife, and he eventually got divorced from her as well. I think she's the, uh, you know, the I guess the uh, the impetuous b- behind Lola, right? You know, yeah. or Layla, Layla. Oh, okay. a couple of songs actually. Well, I but, saw um, the one.
0: I saw the one part in the documentary. Like, yeah, you, you saw like Yoko lurking in the background, right? And I saw the one part. I forget what song they were writing with. Like George Harrison just goes, "It's in the first episode." Where he's like, "This is crap,
1: <laughs> right, like, crap. Right,
0: what right. we're doing right now?" He's like, "No, and, this isn't what I want. This isn't how I want it to sound." Right. And, uh, yeah, they kind of just seem like. Uh, I mean, it was it, it. It's cool to watch the creative process go on. But if you're not like a big fan of it, it seems like there's a lot of just dead spots in the documentary. Oh, absolutely. It's just them talking and you really got to be into music in the sense of like, all right, try it in G minor. Try a B flat. Try this. Try Like they're just they're they're just messing around for a lot of it. Exactly. If you're like I said, if you like you you said it, you're you're this big Beatles fan. Yeah, man, you are going to love this. Or if you're just someone who creates music you're probably going to want to watch it too dude but it's for phenomenal an,
1: for an and, average and, fan it, it, it's harsh it's harsh to watch uh, if you're not really into the beatles if you're not in, really into music um for those that are into it the creative process like you said the beatles itself look i think we had this discussion at one point i've had this with my wife you could hate the beatles but you can't ignore the impact that they've had on music and society in general there are a couple of bands and a couple of artists throughout history that you know it's just uh, you can't you can't it's indisputable in terms of the effect that they've oh, had no. on modern yeah, music yeah.
0: you're out yeah they you know I, I i we've had this conversation but i've said it they, they were to me they were in a way a boy band they in were in the beginning they were absolutely yeah, they were like that boy band and they did mature at the end and they really got into that spiritualism and dude
1: boy. they were all over the place which is you know another thing harrison you know had a different viewpoint but I'll tell you what, I, I saw a lot of dynamics with Harrison that led me to believe that it wasn't all Yoko. The creative process was phenomenal. Um, I really want to see the live top version, you know, of the uh, of, of the concert, the actual raw footage that they have uh, on top of the Apple Corpse building. Um, there's YouTube footage of it, but I'd love to, you know, I want to get to the end of it and check it out. And... Uh, Listen, if, if you have nine hours to spare and you and you're a music fan, I think, I think it's definitely worth worth its watch. Yeah, that's something you really gotta budget your time on. And I'll leave you with this: it's gotten ridiculous streaming views. I think it's like the most streamed thing out there oh, right I've now.
0: I've seen so many. I, I don't know how many reviews I've read of people that are like, "You have to watch this. Watch this. This was the most amazing documentary I've ever seen, and I can't believe it." And you
1: seeing all this, it's up stuff. there for me. It's up there right with the with the Eagles documentary as far as I'm concerned. I really I'm not I was I'm a, I would say this, I'm a casual Beatles fan, casual Eagles
0: fan. I did enjoy I enjoyed the the Eagles one a lot more.
1: The Eagles really, one was t- very entertaining. Uh,
0: because, not not yeah, as
1: dry, not you, as
0: dry. You know what it was? This one isn't showing any drama. Right, You know, this is just like, all right, let's write this song. And you're like, holy shit, this is how they wrote this iconic song. Where the Eagles is like, this one's banging this guy's wife. This guy hates this guy. This right. guy's getting his ass kicked. You know, Don Felder's getting his ass kicked after the concert. That one concert they did.
1: That was listen awesome to watch. And you listen, know. apologies to Emma. You know, the British are kind of dry. You know, they're not as, you know, out there. You know, they're very cynical people. Uh, they're very dry people. And it. You know, these guys, you know, you could see how English they really are. You know, they're all Liverpool guys for the most part. Yeah, they're all just sitting around that little circle. Right. Smoking cigarettes and drinking. Drinking tea. You know, I mean, that's really what it's going coming down to, you know. So, look, there's an element of that, too, which I think makes it a little bit a, a tough watch for, like you said, for the casual viewer. But I got to be honest with you. Like, I, I was riveted by it. It really was. You know, maybe it's because I'm into music and I like the Beatles yeah, and stuff. I'll, pro- I'll
0: probably sit down and, and give the rest of it another watch. So, um But speaking, you know, speaking of like documentaries and things like that, there's that um, a guy wrote a book about like all the HBO series. Uh, I guess like the groundbreaking kind of series, like The Wire, Okadaos, things like that. And uh, part of the book goes after, you know, I'm not gonna say attacks, but like they said, really mentions uh, James Gandolfini's lifestyle and the Mm -hmm. impact it had on the show. Like he was. They would say he would go on these benders. He would have, you know, a big Coke bender here and there, a big drinking bender here and there, and how they tried to, like, curtail that while they were shooting the show. I mean, there's that famous story of him allegedly getting handcuffed to a tree.
1: Right, right. tied
0: to a tree while they were, like, shooting scenes. Like, they didn't want him to go anywhere because he was was just out of his mind. Um, But one of the guys who's interviewed for the book was a he was like one of the producers or associate producers on the Sopranos and they said Gandolfini would get like if he went on a bender he'd get really embarrassed afterwards and they did do like one intervention i think towards the end of the show and he really didn't want anything to do with it and he kind of like walked out on uh on everybody but it looks like in the book they're actually going to interview they didn't mention it in the article, but they say they, they talk to the cast members about like about his his lifestyle in general. And like, you know, because they said he would just throw people's schedules off constantly with him doing this.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, they're doing books. I mean, the one that you mentioned, I haven't really read or heard of yet. But, you know, Sherpa and um, what's his face? Imperiali, you know, uh, Christopher and uh, Bobby Bacala. They do the podcast, you know, talking Sopranos, but mm-hmm. I think they also they also wrote a book, and I think a lot of this stuff is detailed as well. You know, uh, Gandolfini's hard living is definitely documented, um, different scenes and stuff. You know, as far as him being difficult, I, I haven't really got that. I just got that from from the stuff that I read and from the stuff that I listened to. He was this, he was a hard living guy, but he was a super guy. You know, as far as like he was very nice to people in the sense that. You know, the the staff loved him for the most part, you know, outside of his hard, you know, hard living. And, uh, you know, even like in the public, like he'd walk around Greenwich Village, you know, it's very, very generous guy from my understanding. Um, Very nice guy. It's very sad, you know, very sad what happened to, you know, to him. I mean, he died at a very early age. But you know, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about in this book, I think, was detailed, you know, in terms of him having drug issues and alcohol issues you know, overeating, you know, to the point where he's like a glutton, you know. Even in Italy where he where he passed away, I think he he was you know, eating like tons of shrimp that day, drinking like a fish and eventually, listen, all that stuff, you know, is like a, a recipe for disaster, you know. Um Yeah, it's gonna catch up to you, man. Catch up to you at some point. Hard living gonna catch up to you, man. You know, whether it's a thirty two like Belushi or, you know, twenty seven like Cobain and Morrison and all those guys or You know 53 I mean at some point you know the body can only take so much you know yeah unless you are Keith
0: Richards yeah I don't know what his I don't know what he does it's just gonna (laughs) be him and Betty White at the end probably
1: (laughs) wandering the planet together I don't know dude he's an interesting guy too man I love that you know look we just talked about the stone uh the Beatles I mean the stones are right up there for me as well I I can't imagine if they ever came out with a documentary you know along these lines the stuff that would come out with those guys oh
0: I can I there's I'm sure there's a lot of stories going to I mean, like that band is the the stuff those guys must have did in the '60s '70s and '80s that is so unacceptable right now. Like <laughs> those, those stories, those stories aren't coming out till they're all dead. Because I think if they if they came out now, people would they would they would actually probably try and cancel them. Imagine what those guys were doing in hotel rooms in the 60s. Oh, 90s. crazy,
1: man. Crazy. The amount of drugs and debauchery yeah. that went on with them. The way, I mean, and you see it too. Man.
0: Like people, we'll go back to the Beatles documentary quick. John Lennon used to beat his first wife. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and people still, you know, and they did try and cancel him over it. It didn't work, you know, but people put it out there about him. And, uh, you know, he. Uh, he kind of like, I mean, the guy's been dead for 40 years. So what do you right. do at this point? But I mean, trying to like cancel it, you're not going to cancel that guy's music. And the same way, I'm sure there's stories floating out there about Keith Richards and, and, and Mick and Ron Wood and, and the rest of that band of the shit they did that, you know, if it ever came out, they probably wouldn't get canceled either because they just No, I, agree. So I agree. I agree. I agree with that. You know that they just go away with their hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars and go live their life somewhere. And just go live on a beach for the rest of their days.
1: No, absolutely, man. Uh, I agree with everything you just said. And uh, you know, listen, going back to the Beatles for a second, it's just theory for me because Lennon's anniversary when he got killed is coming up on December 8th. And, oh, even to this day, man, Mike, I mean, well, I was eight years old. I mean, it was 1980 when that stuff happened. I remember exactly where I was watching. I was watching Monday Night Football when that happened. And, uh, you know, just... Uh, Listen, I obviously knew of the Beatles back then. I wasn't as aware of them in, in more like um, hardcore terms than I am now in musical terms and more detailed terms. But dude, it was impactful. I mean, do you remember when Elvis passed away? I mean, were you two? I mean, we were the best
0: six, well, six, six, seven, right? Yeah, I remember like being okay were Like Elvis is dead. I'm like, okay. He, right. He wasn't like a thing, you know? He wasn't a thing when we were... And you're six years old. You're six years old. You don't know who the hell Elvis is. You might get all right. You're nothing but a hound dog or something like that. But you, I think at six, you don't know the impact this guy had on a whole
1: generation of people. I knew of him. him. But, I knew but, of him. But, but yeah. did you?
0: You know this guy was like some amazing. Like the guy was an icon.
1: I did only in the sense that my family is from Europe, like yours, and they're like right off the boat, Europe, on my mother's side. Yeah, and like they're either big Beatle fans or they're big Elvis fans. Yeah. So they're like, they're guys in my family. You know, your father ran into one of them at my wedding. Um, you know, the guy was like an Elvis impersonator. You know, he would go around and like, you know, dress like him. So I was absolutely aware how big he was. And then the Beatles, you know, you got to remember when we were kids, like in my, especially my grandfathers, you know, I remember going there and it's like, I remember those cartoons with the Beatles. I remember listening to them. My Uncle Sonny was huge into them. So, yeah, I, I kind of got that they were a big deal on both parts, you know. So I, I remember when Elvis passed away, my mother, you know, came on 1010 10 wins, you know, whatever it was on at the time. I heard that. And uh, Lennon, I, I just remember watching, you know, I was up late at night on a Monday, you know, Channel 7 watching Monday Night Football, and they stopped it. And, and you know, they said, oh, yeah, John Lennon's just been shot and killed.
0: Yeah, that was a big thing for Cosell. I watched some documentary where he was like, yeah. I don't want to break this news. There was a whole, well, he got very upset about when the uh, the Israeli Olympic athletes. Yeah, 72, got, right? Yeah, back in 72. He was pissed that he couldn't break the news. He said, as a Jew, I should be breaking this news, not John McKay, who obviously isn't Jewish. Right. And he got very upset about that. And he said, "When when this came down with John Lennon, Like he was like, I want to break this news on the air. He goes, I'll do it, and uh, yeah, he. he, I think he was that was nationwide. He was the first guy, I think, nationwide to put it out there, Cosell. But yeah, that was crazy. There's a thing. What is it? There's pictures of Mark David Chapman like that day. Yeah, he
1: got it. He was he got an autograph from him earlier in the day. That's what
0: happened. It was some guy, I guess, some famous, or I don't know if he's a famous photographer or not. But he would just hang out in the Dakota because it was such.
1: I think uh, the name was Bob Gruen, if I'm not mistaken. There
0: were so many celebrities
1: that lived in that building. Right. Because I think he- Jason also, worked in that building for many years. Yeah. Steve he, Martin lives there.
0: Yeah, he also took- I think there's a picture of Mark David Chapman, I think, earlier in the day with Bowie at the, at okay. the Dakota. It's it, it's crazy. There's a couple of pictures with him just lurking in the background before it happened.
1: Dude, it's really insane. I mean, and just, you know, for those that are too young to to really remember it, you know, Monday night football was a huge thing back then. I mean, it was Monday night, you know, there was no 15 million football games during the week. And, uh, you know, for kids our age, you know, a lot of us went to bed earlier, you know, because we had school the next day, but I happened to be up and uh, it was huge. You know, same thing when Reagan got shot, you know, in 81. I remember that. I remember uh, that. There were a couple of things that were broke that way.
0: Yeah. I remember like coming home from school from that. And they were like, the president just got shot. And I was like, oh, shit. But, um, I actually saw the, the gun Mark David Chapman used. They used really? To have, yeah, they used to have it at the ballistic section of the NYPD. It used to be in the old police academy, which is on 20th Street. Up on the, the top floor was the ballistic section. And they had like three guns on display there. It was his gun. Uh, now I can't remember the other two guns. Oh, Son of Sam's. And I'm trying to remember the third gun But they had three guns just Hanging on the wall And they had a picture next to each one And next to uh, the, I think it was a 38 That used to kill Lennon And there's just a picture of John They don't have Mark David Chapman's face They just have a picture of Lennon And it was like, I was like, oh shit, that's really the gun the guy goes, yep, that's it
1: That's insane, that's why I'm even, even going back To like Baldwin for a second I mean, you know more than I'm sure a law enforcement guy could educate you more on the logistics and, and you know, on, on a ballistic weapon like that, you know, and just, you know, kind of fact check this guy in terms of, you know, well, if you if you didn't pull the trigger, how did it go off? I mean, is it even possible, Mike?
0: Well, like you said, that's like the, you can if you drop the gun. Yeah. Like I said, if the, if the hammer was cocked back, it takes no pressure to pull that trigger.
1: And I think it was like a relic from what I understand. It was like a like an older gun. Yeah. But it and um, imitation. I mean, I think those older the older guns are very expensive.
0: I'm sure for a movie, you're just going to use a prop kind of replica. Thing. Yeah, exactly, a replica gun. So, uh, like I said, man, I, I I don't know. It'll 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 all come out when they 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 start combing through footage and everything else for this guy. So.
1: I guess uh, we'll find out the, the, the Jesse Smollett trial is coming up too, right? Or uh, something's going down with that, right? Oh, I
0: think it started already, right? I think Did it? The, I think the Nigerian brothers started testifying already. Okay. I haven't watched much of it. He's just, I get I, like, I, I, here's my thing. I wouldn't put this guy in jail. I would just make him pay, like, whatever it costs the Chicago Police Department. In overtime and manpower hours To investigate This crime I would make him Pay that Times two And that would be and then do, And then do like an ass load of community service Or what, it, what would even be funnier Is He should have to go shill for the Republican Party For like 80 <laughs> hours You know
1: With a MAGA hat on He should
0: have to walk around uh, Chicago <laughs> with a MAGA hat on for like
1: a I'll week. tell you what, Mike. I I don't think he's gonna get really anything out of this. You know, okay, I think I, that I think he pays a fine. I think he yeah. pays
0: a fine. I, I like I I don't see. There's no reason to put that guy in jail. There really isn't. I I,
1: I no. I I agree. I mean, I think defamation defamation of character. I mean, uh, if there's any any slander that you know, like you said, it's gonna be so tough. I mean, does he pay a fine? I don't even know, man. I don't know. I, I really don't. I think he's gonna kind of skate with this. You know, and it's kind yeah, of, okay for a lot of people.
0: I think. Did you ever see the um, the Morton Downey Jr. documentary? They yeah. Get into, they get into that at the end, man. Remember that when he was like his career was kind of over, and he was uh, he said he got attacked by a bunch of white supremacists in a right, game. right. And he wrote, he drew a sh- a swastika on his forehead. on his head, yeah, but That's it was right. backwards because he did it in a mirror, and like his, he he took scissors. They interviewed the guy who was like one of his, his best friends. It was a huge
1: brawl on his show between him and I think uh, Roy Ennis, I remember yeah, an African-American Sharpton, activist, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, him and Sharpton went out. Him and
1: Sharpton got into it, right?
0: right. Mean, what was crazy about that, I mean, that documentary anyway, was when there was that whole dust up between like Roy Ennis and Al Sharpton. They said right after the show ended, Al Sharpton grabbed Morton Downey backstage and he goes, This is great. He goes, When can I come (laughs) back on? Because they knew, because the the, the, producer was like, He goes, Dude, they just fed off each other. Right. They just wanted to keep going back and forth. So, uh, but yeah, he had that whole thing. He took a pair of scissors, cut his shirt up, saying he got slashed with a knife. (laughs) <laughs> and then drew a swastika backwards on his forehead. Got to be
1: careful, man. You know, slander is a different thing. It's a different animal in in this day and age. It's a lot easier to get caught in caught in the mix, you know? Like like you said 30 years ago, technology's not there. You know, you are watching the Beatles documentary, you see how far we've gotten with technology in, in that. You know, it's You got to be ultra careful, man, you know, in terms of what you say and what you say about people. Um a little bit lighter note. Uh check out the Matrix Resurrection coming out. A couple that, weeks Yeah, did
0: you uh, watch the
1: trailer at all? I have, I have And uh, I wasn't a huge Matrix fan, Mike when it, when it when it came out I mean, obviously I watched it It was the late 90s um, The Brothers or Sisters, I guess I've seen a couple of interviews with them um, I think the most recent interview I've read about them I think we talked about this off-air Is where, I guess it was an allegory now The movie about transgenderism in general Which, um I didn't quite get, you know, but I kind of see the point, you know, that they were they're making, especially in hindsight. Um, apparently, I guess some characters were left out of the original series because, quote, the movie studio wasn't ready for, I guess, to tackle the subject. And uh, it be interesting to see if they go down that rabbit hole. Well, um, what,
0: char- what are you talking about? What do you it mean, was a like
1: character that? called Twitch in, 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 in the original Matrix series that, I guess, was supposed to be in the real world, a woman. And I guess in The Matrix, a man. And they kind of cut it out. Because they felt like the studio wasn't ready for that type of subject.
0: And, and that was in the original you're talking about? Yeah, the, in the original. Uh, I wonder who played who, did they say?
1: They didn't. They didn't. Wow. I just read an interview with uh, Keanu Reeves who was actually talking about it. And he said that uh, there was a lot of pushback from the studio at the time. I guess to kind of leave that storyline out. Which would have kind of probably explained the movie. And I don't really get that movie to begin with. I mean, it was just a really weird, abstract thought. You know, you're living in a matrix. Uh, I mean, I get it, but I don't get it, oh, if that makes sense. I mean,
0: I wish I had a nickel for every meme that thing created. Oh, sure. You know?
1: I mean, and you know what, It's too, watching the uh, the, the trailer, for. where's Lawrence Fishburne? He's out of it. They've got a younger guy that, I guess, is portraying I, the character. I, I
0: Yeah, I don't.
1: And that, well, I mean, I know they killed... Didn't Who, by eight? the way, I mean, talking about Lawrence Fishman for a second, how, how good is that guy? I mean, he's a very underrated guy. I mean, even going back to like King of New York, remember him in King yeah. in New York?
0: Dude, he was only, when he did Apocalypse Now, he was only like 14 years old.
1: Dude, he's a phenomenal actor. So, he's so like, like, uh, that's
0: the crazy thing. Like, he's not that old either. No, he's not. He might be like 60 years old. He's in his he, mid-60s probably. But he, he's just been around forever. He's a very tall dude, man. I saw him one time in Manhattan. This dude was dressed like a pimp.
1: <laughs> like old
0: school. He had an afro. He had like the a huge afro. He stepped out of a good he's great, man. That full, dude's great. With a full length mink coat on. And me and I think it was my partner. We were just there and we were like, we were on a detail for something else. And we were just like, That's Lawrence Fishburne, man. We're like, yo, what's up? He's like, Yo, how you doing? They just walked out with him, his buddy and somebody and, and, and <laughs> two gorgeous women just walked away. I was like, oh, good for him.
1: I like Lawrence Fishman, man. I think he's a very underrated guy. Um, maybe it's because I'm a big King of New York fan, you know, story a guy, Christopher Walken, well, little he, story plug. Yeah,
0: there. I mean, he's just a guy, too, that just like he pops up in a movie and he's great. You know, I mean, he made Ike Turner kind of like likable. In a sense you know, like <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. he's that movie like he knew right me, right like I just have to be a complete piece of garbage to play this guy like he gave him like no like almost like no redeeming characters
1: <laughs> right, you know? right but he was amazing
0: yeah. in it like he's a he's a great actor man
1: did you see the Tita Turner movie not the, not the not the uh the one that you are mentioning there was a, a, a more recent one oh the I, guess that... I don't
0: think I saw the documentary about it that's out I know it's out and I gotta watch it but I
1: haven't seen it yet I haven't checked it out either. I mean, it it came out about uh, just fairly recently, within the last year or so. Yeah, I think she, like, lives in Spain or somewhere in Europe, France. Dude, she was big, too, man. You know, like, when when you talk about iconic people, you know, and uh, iconic artists in the 80s, I mean, I I wouldn't put her, like, on the same level as, like, Madonna or Michael Jackson, but she was up there, man. Well, she she was definitely up there.
0: Well, you know what it was, too, with her? She got, like, the 80s for her. That was, like, her second life. You know, you got to remember, she was huge in like the late 60s and 70s. Yeah, yeah. And then like disappeared till like from the early 70s up almost until like the mid to late 80s. She has like almost a decade of just disappearance, then comes back and it becomes this huge thing. I mean, she's in Mad Max Thunderdome. You know, she has has that one huge album. And then she went on, I think she went on to Europe. Supposedly, it's like one of those things like, you could be a nobody here And I'm not saying teen is a nobody But like You go to Europe And you're just this amazing Like you're, you're a megastar in Europe Where you're like okay here It was kind of like all those years When Michael Jackson wouldn't put an album out And no one would care But you'd see him in Europe He'd go on like a two or three year European tour And every place he went They went bananas for him
1: Like David Hasselhoff
0: yeah, like, yeah, David Hasselhoff is a huge star in Germany. Number one, he speaks German and, and he's, a, he's a musician. You know, he's he's got like, I think he's got like five or six number one hit songs over there. It's the half, <laughs> man. It's the Hoff.
1: He was in uh Dodge Bowl. Remember, they made a big deal about that. Yeah,
0: David Hasselhoff. A- hey, good for him, man.
1: I oh, know. I agree. I agree, man. I agree. He was in dodgeball, and like they show, like they, they do like a whole take about how the Germans. Yeah, uh, yeah when he screaming at the German uh, dodgeball
0: guys, that was very funny.
1: <laughs> he's a good dude. <laughs> for those for those into football, European football, tomorrow is the Dürger Clasica.
0: I think he's supposedly worth like crazy money too. Yeah, he's all, he's big. He
1: made it, He made like you said, he made a ton of money in Europe, like like Tina. But he all, I think he owned a big thing of Baywatch.
0: Like a big chunk of it.
1: There's some sort of movie coming out about, uh, I guess, the sex tape with Tammy, uh, Tommy, yeah. uh, Tommy and, uh, P- and Pamela. Pamela. Yeah, I just saw that with uh, what's his face. Oh, man. They're saying the hop is worth over $100 million. God bless him, bro. Wow. But uh, you a little, uh, going back to Lawrence Fishman for a second, Mike. Do you realize he was in Pee Wee's Playhouse? Yeah, he was Cowboy Curtis, man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying.
0: The guy's great, man. He just shows up and stuff. You know? Supposedly
1: Pee Wee's supposed to be making a comeback. Maybe Brian knows a little bit more about it than I do. I read something where there's some new show or maybe a documentary coming out on him. I think he's getting
0: a documentary, like an HBO documentary.
1: Yes, yes, yes. About like his like rise and
0: fall for Dude he was out. phenomenal
1: in the 80s man I mean hopefully we can get into that at some point But uh, how about the people that, that were on that show I mean putting aside Lawrence Fishburne Paul Mooney, Jombie, remember
0: No Paul Mooney wasn't Jambi
1: No was it somebody else
0: Yeah that guy actually just The guy that played Jombie just died
1: I know he passed away I thought it was Paul Mooney
0: for the reason Oh uh, it was a, some uh, The guy was a writer On that show And he was also on Seinfeld he had a small role on Seinfeld. Do you remember the uh the gay couple on Seinfeld that would oh, the Street har- toughs. Yeah, that would always harass Kramer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That white guy is Jombie.
1: Oh, that's great, man.
0: Who? Who will not wear the ribbon? Yeah. You? The, yeah, the two guys. Who who doesn't want to wear the ribbon? <laughs> And then they stole the uh, they stole the, the cabinet
1: from the him. cabinet from the soup Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if I knew it was going to you, I'd break it into a million pieces. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, that guy, yeah, that guy, Um yeah. Phil Hartman was on that show. He was a writer. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They
0: supposedly had a falling out though. Who's Captain Carl? That, that was, was Phil Hartman. Von. Yeah. That was
1: uh, Phil Hartman. Okay.
0: The Missy Vaughn chick was uh, I forget her name, but she wound up being on tv she was on a bunch of tv she was on son of the beach remember son of the beach that was a yeah, funny show yeah, yeah she was on that show a lot um and she's been around in like a bunch of she was in something else that i can't think of right now but uh who else she he had like musicians on the show all the other performers i think he had on that show raw sly uh
1: sly and uh, uh sly stallone was on there right Sly Stallone on Pee-wee's Playhouse? Not, no, not um, uh, Frank Stallone, I believe. Uh, I'm just trying to remember. Uh, Dance to the Music, those guys. Uh, no, that wasn't Sly. It was Sly and the Family Stone, but... Yes. I don't yes. think
0: they... No, they weren't on the show. I think he just used their music. He
1: Used their music? Yeah. I thought, I thought they made a guest appearance at some point. No, not that I remember. Maybe okay. Did you ever see the Frank Stallone documentary? No, but... My friend Dave, who I've been trying to get on the show forever, who produces Gravesend on Amazon Prime, he knows Frank Stallone. And Frank Stallone allegedly, around Halloween, dresses up as Rocky. You know, like Rocky in in the first one where he wears the hat, the fedora, he wears the jacket, and he parades around his neighborhood and he tricks or treats. And the guy, I guess especially when he was younger, looks like like a dead ringer for for, for, uh, Sylvester. And he would, he would actually, like, go into places and, like, you know, trick them. He's like, yeah, I'm Sylvester Stallone. Like, they, w- mm-hmm. they couldn't tell the difference. And, like, around Halloween, we'd wear the outfit, like, in Rocky with the fedora and the, and the leather jacket. And, like, people would just bug the hell out because they thought Sylvester Stallone was walking around.
0: I- I'll tell you right now, watch his documentary. It's on uh, Amazon. And it's called Stallone. No, Frank Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about like him growing up in Sly Shadow. He actually had like a decent kind of career, like off like music. He now. did. Absolutely. He's, he's kind of like a decent musician. He made some some good songs. You know, he, he wrote. uh what Was it This is the End, I think, for Staying Alive, the sequel. He's had like a yeah, weird music career where he's been around all these people. I mean, he acts every now and then.
1: If we can ever get Dave on the show, Dave is a very good friend of his. Like, he would tell me stories when I worked with him years ago and like, he would tell me these offbeat stories like him trick or treating. And like you said, he's had an amazing career, like an amazing music career. So, yeah, I I would agree with that.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a really cool documentary. I think it's called Stallone. No, Frank Stallone. It's on Amazon. (laughs) I just watched it one day and you're like, yeah, he's been through the he's been like a musician in bands from like, because I think he, he lived in Philly. For <clears throat> I'm talking like since like the mid 60s, where he was in bands with guys who went on to like greatness in other bands like he knows all of these old time musicians, And it was just it was really cool. And slides in the documentary, too.
1: That's no, cool. I got to check it. I haven't seen it, but like I said, I've heard so many stories about the guy through Dave. I mean, you know, we can get some firsthand knowledge from him. if he's ever on the show. But uh, I'll definitely check that out. I guess to wrap things up, have you seen this stuff about this Michigan school shooter kid? Have you read anything about it, Mike? I mean, here's another wacky case. You know, the kid who, I guess he blew up the school, you know, in terms of like, I mean, he killed three or four people minimum. And apparently like this kid was in class like at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. He had this whacked out drawing on his desk. You know, something the effect of like showing people getting shot up and stuff. And I guess... They pulled him aside and they're like, look, you know, they called, the, they called the parents. The parents came in and apparently they had a discussion and the school was like, look, you, you've got 48 hours to get this kid mental help. Otherwise, he's going to be like thrown out of school. So apparently they let the kid back into school and he had the guy's, the father's gun in his backpack. I guess the parents are now on the lam now because what they're doing is I, I think they may get prosecuted for being complicit in this. You know, knowing that the kiss, kid was messed up, that he was writing all this whacked out shit. And literally the school pulled these guys in, you know, to, to get the kid mental help. They let him back in the school and and, and, he, and, and, he, and he ends up killing three or four kids. Yeah, I saw that. The
0: one kid from like the football team.
1: I mean, just I, horrible I, I, shit.
0: Like I read that in the paper. The kid on like the football team, like.
1: And of course you got schmucks like Keith Olbermann, you know, point, you know, putting stuff on Twitter, you know, like partisan type bullshit. Oh, you must be a Trumpster. Dude. You know, just come back to what we talked before, man. Just have some empathy mm-hmm. for people, man. I mean, it's just like.
0: Well, if you follow, uh, you follow like Kevin Clancy from Barstool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Clancy. God yeah, bless yeah. You eviscerated him. He just him. totally destroyed Keith Olbermann. And
1: you know what? What a jerk, man. I mean, Elements I don't care are, what side of the political fence that you're lying yeah.
0: on. It's like there's four dead kids, man. Shut up. Shut up.
1: I mean, think about we got kids. I mean, I, I i would be besides myself and and to read bullshit like that. And even with the parents, like, you know, I, I've, I've kind of gotten to arguments with friends and family, even on Facebook and social media about this, you know, when it comes to gun and gun violence, I know Big Pat and I were talking about this, you know, I, via text off air. I don't know, man. I, I don't think you'll ever keep guns out of people's hands. But I mean, on some level, I mean, the mental illness aspect, Mike, I mean, it's got to be tact- yeah. tackled at some point, right?
0: I my personal belief is like with guns if if you want to get a gun you're gonna get I, a gun no there has to be like for background check if, if there's someone in the house that has a mental illness you shouldn't be able to have the gun I, I, that that's just the way I look at it I mean
1: here's my yoke okay, I would agree, I, agree with that I would agree with you know it's, I mean let's not be
0: for disaster I yeah know people everyone should have a gun I, I I don't have a problem with everyone having a gun it's just a lot of times when you have things like this that happen, you know it's look at all the mental illness, and then the guy has like nine guns in his house that are easily accessible, and that's a this case. Right, is. you know. I listen. You can outlaw every gun in the world, yeah, and people
1: make, can still get them.
0: You can make guns completely illegal. They made drugs completely illegal. You can't. You crack, still got them. Crack, cocaine,
1: heroin, alcohol
0: all, are all illegal.
1: And if Alcohol you're in the still, 20s, people still yeah, got that.
0: Yeah, if you want it, you're gonna get it. I mean, it's right. just, Come on,
1: I agree with that. So, and then uh, I guess we got the omicron variant, right? I mean, I hope I just read there's five cases here in New York, New York City. So here we go again. Hopefully not. You know, um, we'll see what happens about that. They're talking about mandates again in terms of masks and stuff. So we'll see what goes down with that. I just think people are so, you know. You're tired man, it's almost three years now with this stuff. You know, you would just hope with the vaccines and everything that we can kind of a little bit get back to normal, which I kind of felt over the summer and stuff, but just scary stuff, man. And then, uh, got Jack Dorsey resigning as the Twitter CEO, turning it over to some Indian dude. Um, I don't know what the ins and outs of that were, were but I was pretty interesting this week. And, uh, we got Cobra Kai coming up in a couple of weeks, you know, hopefully we can get into that at some point. You know a lot of uh, a lot of people in the audience out there is our age bracket you know that's a show that that hit a lot of chords you know going back to the movie and uh the music and uh you know just you know uh you know the retro type stuff that came came as a result of that show which i found wildly entertaining i think it's debuting on season four is coming out december 31st on netflix so uh hopefully we can get a chance to talk about that too
0: yeah, it looks like it's going to be good. They're bringing uh, who is it, Terry Silver, back? The Terry <laughs> Silver
1: character from Karate
0: Kid Three. So we'll check that out. I wonder if they're going to go because that one, the third one, actually tackled like environmental issues. I wonder if they're going to try the same thing with uh,
1: this time around. I or think they will probably ha- try to tell the story of Terry, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> it's it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, what happened to this guy for the last thirty years? So, like I
1: said, we'll we'll wait and see. We'll see what happens. Um,
0: what do you got to plug and we'll get the heck out of here?
1: So, a good friend of mine reached out to me about Jay today. So, again, if you're in the repurchase market, refinance market, rates are still very low. Reach out to Jay Cristiano at Cardinal Financial. Use the promo code 4215. Telephone number is 844 442 7334. I'm starting to get really busy too. Again, I put this on Facebook just recently. All of a sudden, I've got a mishmash of New Year's Eve stuff and people reaching out to me. If you have any sort of parties coming up, weddings, whatever, hit me up uh, Facebook uh, through the website. Uh, Throw me a private message, djchrisclash.com. Reach me on Facebook. Um, Lastly, Tommy Devitt's place, uh, The Mad Donkey on 36th Avenue in Astoria, and five-star shopping by Tommy for your shopping needs. Uh, you can reach out to Tommy at 917-559-8264. Good a story, a guy. That's it, man.
0: All right. Uh, I just got my usual check out Jack at I can paint. I think he's got some new stuff coming up that he's posting on Instagram. You can check that out. Pat Dixon, as always, New York City Crime Report podcast and his show on Compound, New York Crime Report. Um,
1: and that's about it. Uh... Have a great week.
0: We'll see you next Sunday. I would take
1: you guys all out on a Beatles song, but me and Mike would get shut down. So, peace out, everybody. Thanks for the uh, the, the likes and subscriptions. Have a good February weekend.
0: Fields forever. Bye.